Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. Would you give God the praise because of God and His goodness? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. And let me say at the offset that my beautiful wife and I are so honored to be at the Bethesda Church of God with some choice, dear friends, distinct leaders, Pastor Al and Sister Jackie Sims. And I know that you know it, but I'm going to tell you, since being in this position a little over four years now, my wife and I pastored for almost three and a half decades, but now in this position for almost four years, Pastor, we're privileged to see a lot of churches, a lot of great churches throughout the state of South Carolina and beyond. We're very blessed. We're very humble. We're very honored. But um, I'll just sum it up this way without doing any injustice to those that have allowed us to serve in their churches down through the years. You have the best of the best. Would you let this couple know that you love and appreciate them? Would you do that? It's okay. You should. You have the best of the best. That's right. You have the best of the best. As a matter of fact, honey, if this church was just a little bit closer to where we live, just a little bit closer, Pastor, I believe we can make some good members. And we do tithe. Can someone say amen? Amen. And we give generous offerings. Pastor, you and your wife, and we do go back. I remember when you were in the Columbia area. I was at Densville, now International Praise, and you were at Irmo. And I remember back then thinking that God's hand was upon and still is upon this beautiful couple. And it's obvious, Pastor Julia, Brother Howie, Owens, what what an incredible team they are. Would you let them know that you respect and honor them? What an awesome job. What an awesome job. I'll tell you. And then the icing on the cake, your two beautiful children, because when I see, now your folks love you, but when the grandkids came along, it was all over. I mean, when you see them on Facebook, they're the best dressed kids in the whole church of God. Have you noticed that? Oh, go ahead. Those grandkids are precious. GQ, you know, I mean, this first class. And I could go right down your wonderful musicians, and I could call them by name. I know some of you in the choir. Many of you, I don't. Many in the congregation I've met down through the years or at least seen you. Pastor Neil, uh, we love him and his lovely wife. Um, uh, Brother Howie, your, your father, Brother Howard, you know, on staff, and your lovely mother. Just what a great team. And I just want to one more time before I share just a few thoughts and then preach from the Word. God's blessed you down through the years, and as good as God has been, as great as it's been, I still believe that the best is yet to come for the Bethesda Church of God. Would you go ahead and honor him in this place this morning? Hallelujah. Now, I'm a little nervous because I've heard Pastor Al preach, and so I'm going to have to step it up a notch, and I probably won't come close to his abilities, but I'm going to give it all I have. But very briefly, because of you, the South Carolina Church of God Home for Children is excelling. It's because of your leadership in this congregation, we're doing what we do. And there's four areas of major concentration. Number one, residential. Number two, transitional. 
number three, foster care, and the number four, adoption. And because of you, we actually work for you. I serve you. I serve this congregation. I serve this pastor. And that's what my wife and I do. It is residential care. It is transitional care. When they age out, we have young ladies that are transitioning from young adulthood into adulthood. The only problem is there when we develop that home. Now, the younger guys are very upset with me because they don't have a place as nice as the transitional home for the young ladies. But who knows the future? Maybe God will provide for that type of ministry for the guys as well. Foster care is going strong and adoption as well. So because of you, good things are happening. And we cannot thank God enough for the churches like you and others across the state and outside of South Carolina as well, Ohio, Georgia, North Carolina, and elsewhere, Florida, who are blessing us. So would you just thank the Lord for what he's doing in the home for children? Because of you, great things are taking place. Before I share from the Word for just a few minutes, I could share testimony after testimony. One, one such testimony, real, real quick. Uh, you saw one of the young ladies, uh, she said she found hope uh, because of, and this is many a story, very similar. Uh, she was at her biological mother's home. Her mother had a boyfriend who abused her and she was forced to leave home. Mother chose boyfriend over daughter. Sweet girl, smart girl, cute girl. And she moved out, lived in her automobile, lived wherever she could, got a job. And uh, long story short, through a connection we had on the campus, she came and moved into our transitional home. And she finished high school, nothing wrong with getting the GED, but we wanted her pastor to be a teenager. Let her enjoy life. You only get to be young one time. Some of us think we're young, but when I look in the mirror, I'm reminded of the fact I'm not young anymore. And I've got past route by almost a year. So, and you're young, Pastor. I've always wanted to keep up with you, but I can't. But uh, I want to be young, but not there. She went back, finished high school, and uh, excelled, joined the color guards, did well. And she was really seeking God for her future. Long story short, just a few weeks ago, we were down here in the Columbia area, right up the road. And we wept and cried as she joined the army. I love America. I'm very patriotic. And for God to speak to her heart and tell her that she needed to join the army, she rededicated her life to the Lord while at the home. She's right now in boot camp in Oklahoma. We stay in touch with her. The only thing she doesn't like about boot camp, and she said it's been very easy, she's very athletic, is the fact that she misses us. She sends letters, uh, text, and email regularly. But she's excelling. We can't wait to get her home. But this is what you're doing, Bethesda Church of God. Here's one more individual who is a part of the kingdom of God because of your faithfulness and your dedication and by the way your kind pastor has given us permission we'll be in the foyer and if you want more information about the home please see us many of you give the equivalent of a hundred or hundred and twenty dollars more per year and that's generous if you just gave in this offering and you didn't give again for another year thank you for what you do you're giving through the church and many of you are giving uh, in addition to your regular uh, tithes and offerings thank you for what you do but remember put the church first in your tithe and offering then above and beyond that, bless this type of work along with the other work that God's doing. Go ahead and give him praise one more time in the house this morning. Would you stand for just a moment as I share a brief scripture? And um, I want to talk for just a few moments on a subject that um, I, I feel like that needs to be communicated. I, I won't be lengthy. 
I could tell you what Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband, and that is, I won't keep you long. <laughs> Give her credit, she got married. <laughs> she just didn't keep them long. The last one was at the Betty Ford Center. She met a, a trucker, and uh, you know, he married her, but she moved on. Uh, my wife's shaking her head. I embarrass her. Listen, I married a very sophisticated woman, and uh, I was not raised in the church of God, but I got here as quick as I could. And uh, she's really been trying to reform me, but she has her plate full working with this guy. She graduated summa cum laude, and I just graduated, thank the Lord. So I'm just very, very, very glad. That's the truth. <laughs> my favorite class was PE and, you know, all those good things, you know. But uh, in Titus... Chapter 2, I'm going to focus on just one or two words. Paul writes to this young man, and he makes a statement in chapter 2, verses 11 through verse 15. So powerful. He said, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The scripture says, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And that next word is my key thought for just a few minutes, looking, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Just a couple more verses. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us. That's what we need, redemption from all iniquity, and purify unto himself, we belong to him, as the songs Pastor Julia led you in worship points to Jesus Christ. Purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Bethesda, you're zealous of good works because you're his. You're redeemed. One more scripture. Paul admonishes, admonishes and he says, speak these things. Exhort rebuke with all authority and don't let anybody despise you in other words say with confidence what you're saying because this scripture is truth it's his word heaven and earth is going to pass away but his word will remain forever and ever and ever let god be true let every man be a liar what i say means nothing but if i quote the word of god that means everything go ahead go ahead i believe in clapping your hands all you people Shout unto God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is terrible. It's a great king over all the earth. Father, thank you for the opportunity. What a distinct privilege for Kim and I to be with this precious pastoral family and team members and congregation. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to share the unsearchable truths, undeniable truths, incredible truths of your word with this beautiful congregation this day for the next few moments. Pray that every need under the sound of my voice and those that couldn't be here today will be met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we'll give you praise and honor for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen as you're being seated. Tell that person beside you that they look great today. Would you do that? Pastor, why are some people laughing as they say that? Just a few simple thoughts on looking, and my little theme is, what are you looking for? 
And I know this is a busy day for Bethesda because you'll be involved in the camp meeting service this evening. I'll try to be conscientious of that. Got a lot going on. When I think about this particular scripture, I do think about the fact that we're all looking for something. Sometimes I'm just looking to get by. I'd like to say that I always feel like I do this morning in an incredible anointed worship service. But I don't always feel quite this high. But that's why we forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but we exhort one another even so much more as we see that day approaching because we need this fix. And I know you can get it at home. You can get it in your prayer closet and we can admonish one another at the uh, breakfast table, etc. But we need this. We need it. It's biblical. It's undeniable. But we're all looking for a lot of different things. The kids are looking forward to going out and playing ball in between worship services if there's enough time. The dads, they say that the only difference between men and boys is the cost of their toys. And I've seen the big quad cabs out in your parking lot, so I know we got some big men with expensive toys. The last church I pastored was in Greenville. We had three large lakes around that church, Kiwi, Jocassi, and Hartwell. And I quit complaining, but they'd park at the extreme end of the parking lot, Pastor, and they'd have their boat behind their F-150 quad cab or Dodge Ram. And I was just thankful they came to church with their boat. The only problem is I was jealous because I didn't get to go with them after the service. But they did come to church. You need to be in church. But people are looking for a lot of different things. After church, some of you will be looking for the closest restaurant. Mm. I felt that. I think I hit a nerve in the stomach. About three weeks ago, I was looking for relief. Second kidney stone attack in my life. Ten years ago, it hit me. Lasted about 20 minutes. Had another minor one that evening, and it was gone. I believe God just healed me. Three weeks ago, right before a football game on a Saturday, my wife had cooked a delicious meal, and I had to excuse myself, went back in the back bedroom. About two years, excuse me, two years, two hours later, I came out. I could tell the great concern for the family once the football game came on. I finally came out pale and pink, and I had been sick for a long time, another kidney stone attack that lasted about 10 days. I just wanted relief. I have a great appreciation for pain management. I told the doctors, I said, do something. It's the closest thing I'll ever experience to having a baby, and I don't ever want to experience that again. <laughs> Women, God bless you. Can someone say amen? amen? What are you looking for? Young ladies are looking for a good godly man, and you should. Young men are looking for a good godly young lady, and you should be. Some are looking forward to their career. Some are looking forward, some of our friends are looking forward to the retirement era. Not quite there yet, but I'm looking forward to more good things in the ministry. What God has in store. Again, thank God for what he's done, but thank God for what he's yet to do. God's never done. It's been a few years ago, the last church we pastored in Greenville, we had a mother's morning out and we're 385 bottlenecks as you get toward the downtown area. The story just came to my mind. Grandkids were in the car seats. They were much younger. And somebody, as my wife, intently looked at the road. Now, my wife, when she drives, she looks at the highway where she's supposed to. When I drive, I look at the beautiful countryside. I look at the billboard signs. I look at a lot of things. I just look. 
And she's constantly reminded me to look ahead, and I'm getting better at that. On the car that she owns, it's got some feature called Lane Assist. I don't like it at all. If I don't use my turn signal, it not only beeps when I change lanes, but it nudges me. I turn it off when I get in her car so that I can change lanes without turning the turn signal on. Constantly telling me what to do. But we're looking for something. So on that particular occasion, she was going into Greenville and somebody cut her off as she got close to downtown Greenville. And as she was being cut off, my wife, who's normally a very cool, calm, collect, beautiful young lady, she began to communicate with that person in the car in front of her. With words like this, mm, what? Mm. She was fussing at them. She looked intently at them. And the oldest at that time, Mason, kept looking from his car seat with a limited vision, wondering, what is Nina doing? Finally, he said, Nina, I really don't think they can heal you. I remind her of that sometimes, and she reminds me of a whole lot of other things. But what are you looking for? Jesus Christ came the first time. But they had to look for him. He was prophesied. They anticipated him, and he came. How many believes that Jesus Christ came the first time? He said, if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. If he said he's coming again and the scripture bears witness to this, looking for that blessed hope. You see, we're looking for a lot of things and in this world that we live in, it's too easy to be distracted and I'll be the first to admit I have to focus and keep my spiritual eyes intently, laser beams sharp, focus on Jesus Christ. When I think about those that were looking for Jesus 2,000 years ago, I think about wise men, and there's not the time, and I won't go into the detail, but some authors say that perhaps those magi, or magi as some pronounce it, perhaps they came as far of a distance as seven to 800 miles. And when they traveled, they traveled in caravans. They were the wealthy. Perhaps it's been suggested that when Daniel was in captivity that he told those that were in charge of the Babylonian empire of the coming Christ child that would be born, that there would be a star that would lead them from the east to Jerusalem. But it was in that context that they saw this star because they studied the stars. But this particular occasion, one star outshone them all and they said, this, aha, is the star that probably Daniel gave birth to that knowledge millennia, excuse me, uh, centuries before that time. 
As they journeyed, I can just imagine, by faith, they followed that star. But they were looking for somebody that could change and revolutionize the world. They were looking for God himself. And you know the story about that. And we won't go into any further detail. But they came, and they came looking, looking for where that star would stop. Because where that star stopped they would find hope and they would find redemption and they would find healing and they would find eternal life. But not only did the wise men come looking for a star and for a redeemer and for a savior, but as I read in the New Testament, I read about an individual by the name of Simeon who was in the temple and he departed not from the temple pastor and he waited for the consolation of Israel. It was there that he looked forward to the time when that Savior would come and that time did come because on the eighth day the time for the circumcision of the child Mary and Joseph brought little Jesus into the temple to follow after the custom of the Mosaic law and it was there that Simeon made the statement he said now I can die I've, I've seen the there it is I've seen I have looked for and now I'm beholding the consolation of Israel I'm seeing the Christ child the one that was prophesied and he said, now I can die because I have seen everything that my heart has longed to see. They looked forward to the coming of the Christ child. I can just envision in my mind Anna the prophetess and once again women, such vital key leaders in the word of God. She also was looking for that blessed hope of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he would bring to the world. And once again, she departed not from the temple but served the Lord with prayers and fastings oh and that's another message pastor but you've got men and women in this church that's one of the reasons that you're so successful you've got praying men and women and as we met back in your office suite you you prayed and no doubt there's been thousands praying and 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 perpetual pray prayer and and ongoing prayer is made but but God hears those prayers the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man and a righteous godly woman availed so much but she was a praying woman she departed not for the temple what a great place to minister you see powerful ministry out there starts in the house of God by bending your knees and seeking the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings oh go ahead and praise him in the sanctuary today and I'm not going to take a whole lot of time and effort into this particular portion of the sermon. I don't have an awful lot I'm going to go into as far as detail, but just one other New Testament cluster of people that I recall that were looking, but yet again, instead of them looking, God came looking for them. I read about, and I know it's not Christmas, but the fact of the matter is Hobby Lobby already has Christmas trees out, and all the stores are already putting out all the Christmas items. I, I sort of like to enjoy one season at a time, but some people, for some reason, they just put it all out and I guess they know that some shopper is going to come by and take advantage of it because it will be here before we know it but some of the most infamous individuals that saw and experienced the Christ child were the were the shepherds they they may not have initially sought the 
Christ child, but isn't it interesting, if you're faithful, you don't even have to go seeking for him. He'll come seeking for you. You might be in the nursery. You might be in the choir. You might be involved in guest relations. You may be involved in keeping these beautiful grounds, but he'll come seeking you. If you're faithful, it was at the midnight shift that they were keeping watch over their flocks by night. It wasn't that long ago that I threw newspapers for the Cleveland Daily Banner and I would fill up my little Chevy Vega. It wasn't much of a car. When the air conditioner was turned on, I'd have to open the door and do like Fred Flintstone and sort of push it along to get us started. But everyone wants to know the pe preacher suffered a little bit, Pastor. Have you found that out? I remember those days gone by. I remember them well. But I would fill up that car with 600 newspapers at the Cleveland Daily Banner. I'd get there at 12 o'clock and I'd throw papers all throughout Dalton, Georgia. And I would make enough money to live another week and help me pay off my loans, etc., etc. But it was a midnight shift. I didn't get paid time and a half for that midnight shift. I got paid 10 cents a paper, Pastor. Wasn't a whole lot. But the shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks by night when suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared unto them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And the, the King James says they were sore afraid. I like that. They were very afraid. And the angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, pastor, unto you, pa brother Josh, and unto you, and unto you, and unto us, and unto them. For unto you is born this day in the city of Savior, in the city of David, a Savior, which is, which is Christ the Lord. And, and he went on to say, the angel did, and this will be a sign. This is how you're going to know you can find them. You'll find that little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, which is just really remnants. He's going to be lying in a manger, a trough, and that's going to be the sign, and that's how you know it's the Christ child. And the Bible said that suddenly there was with that angel a multitude of the heavenly host, probably like the Bethesda choir, singing and glorifying and shouting and magnifying God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Could you just imagine those guys, they stunk, you know, sheep are beautiful, cute, and cuddly. But has anybody ever been to the petting zoo when you pet the sheep and you go, ooh, they stinketh. Anyone know what I'm talking about? They're beautiful. I love my wool coat, but they stinketh. They were dirty. They stunk. They were at the midnight shift. But when they saw this, they fell down with fear. That's what the angel said. Don't fear. And then once that angelic host began to celebrate and sing and praise God, I believe Joe said to John, and John said to Josh, let's get up and go see this thing. And the Bible said they went looking and they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby right where that angelic host had said they would be. They went looking for Jesus. Here's my question, Bethesda. Are you still looking for him? He said, if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. In an hour and in a day you think not. That's the very time the Son of Man's coming. I mean, keep looking up for when you see these things begin to come to pass, you know that your redemption, 
that's your redemption that's your savior that's your redeemer it's about to step out on the clouds of glory and get us out of this mess would someone say amen here at the house of god today I've seen Pastor Al play basketball. He's competitive. No. And he's good. Now my idea of a fast break on the basketball court is, take off, guys. I'll be right here when you get the ball. Real quick. Looking. Long time ago, I used to run cross country high school looking I didn't look behind me I looked ahead at the finish line where you look that's your trajectory that's where you're gonna end up mm. Corey Ten Boom I read her biography many years ago said you look at the world distress you look inside depress you look at Christ at rest Go ahead and bless him in this house. I clap my hands. I celebrate. One more couple very briefly, and I'm going to try to wrap this simple thought up. They had gone to Jerusalem to fulfill the mandate and custom of the Mosaic Law during the Feast of the Passover. Because of every tribe and clan and kindred, Asher, Reuben, etc. They would leave that particular vicinity of where their clan and tribe was and they'd make their way to Jerusalem and remember the Passover. And the reason God said to do that is because he didn't ever want the Israelites to forget that when the blood was applied on the 10th plague from that spotless lamb over the doorposts, that when the death angel went through the camp, not just of Egypt, but of Israel. Whenever it saw the blood, it would pass over. The blood was sung about just a few minutes ago. And they went on their way to this camp meeting, if you please, celebrating from every tribe and clan. They traveled a good ways on their journey back home and all the guys, the cousins, the uncles, the brothers, the brother-in-laws were talking about the latest Clemson, Carolina game. <laughs> guys talk, guys talk. It hasn't changed. And all the women were talking about the best sales at Belks or going to some of the other local stores and getting a good deal. But the kids did what kids do. And they trump. They traveled in clans and they were friends. It was like getting together for a, a Thanksgiving meal. The guys sort of hunkered down in one corner and the, the girls went to another section of the house and the kids just hung out. It's interesting out of, and there's nothing wrong with it, the nice equipment we have in both of our campgrounds and I applaud improvements. I was talking to an individual, an employee of the Home for Children and I said, look over there. That's some organized sports and Probably about 10 or 12 of the kids, Pastor Sims, had picked up sticks 
and they were sword fighting. I said, that's, that's my kind of guy. I said, throw away. All, all you need is some sticks. I guarantee these little Jewish kids were picking up sticks and they were sword fighting. They'd pick up rocks and they just hit them. You know, you buy all these expensive toys at Christmas and what do the kids do after five minutes? They go play in the box. Just get in the box. Forget the toy. One of my grandsons has a remote control car. It's this long. So behind the golf cart, he said, Papa Tim, go faster and I'm flying. The car passes me. He's got the remote, runs it into a sign and busts the front axle. Papa Tim, you didn't tell me that sign was there. I said, buddy, keep the car on the road. All of a sudden, where they're journeying back home, I can imagine Mary said to Joseph, shh, what do you hear? And Joseph said, nothing. Mary said, that's just it. I don't hear Jesus. Panic. They immediately turned around and told their clan, we've lost Jesus. We got to go look for him. They turned and went back to the city. They stopped at the roadside market. He wasn't there. Stopped at the sheepfold where they sold the doves and the sacrificial animals. He wasn't there. Stopped at the marketplace. He wasn't there. Joseph said, where's the last place we saw him? Mary said, it was in the temple. If you're walking and you're just on a journey and you don't hear Jesus, go back to the temple. Go back to the temple. He lives in the church. They ran to the temple. By this time, Joseph's exhausted. I believe God anointed Mary for some reason. I envisioned her ahead of Joseph. They opened the doors, and about this time, Joseph was just about to give that boy a tongue lashing when Mary said, Shh, listen to what he has to say. For there he was at the front of the temple, teaching as never a man has taught. Long, dark hair, dark brown eyes, and olive skin confounding the Pharisees and the scribes when perhaps one elderly gentleman said boy how old are you perhaps he responded on my mother's side I'm 12 but on my father's side I'm from everlasting to everlasting <laughs> taken back by sarcasm Perhaps some of the scribes nudging each other and said, Tell us your name. Perhaps he responded, On my mother's side, I'm the son of man, but on my father's side, I'm the son of God. I can just imagine as he's teaching these individuals with the anointing of the Spirit referencing scripture that he was prophesied about as someone perhaps stood up and said you better validate those claims we're going to excommunicate you out of the temple sir my pleasure on my mother's side i'm 
thirsty, but on my father's side, I'm living water. On my mother's side, I'm hungry, but on my father's side, I'm the bread of life. One more thing. On my mother's side, they're going to crucify me and silence me. But on my father's side, on the third, I said on the third day, I'm going to rise again. On my mother's side, you'll never see me again, but on my father's side, I'm coming back again. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and given a marriage and when they did not expect it the door was closed the heavens were open and the earth burst forth with water and the earth was destroyed there was an ark and man made it Noah Shem Ham and Japheth but this time there's coming another ark of safety man didn't make it it's the only begotten son of the living God and when he comes back we better be ready are you ready Bethesda would you stand to your feet this morning oh clap your hands all ye people shouting to God with a voice of triumph for the Lord most high is terrible He's a great king over all of the earth. <laughs> Pastor Sims, they looked for him. It was faith. The wise men, the shepherds, Simeon, Anna, Mary and Joseph accepted by faith. Now it's our turn we got to let the world know Jesus is coming again. Say it with me. Jesus is coming again. Say it again. Jesus is coming again. Now shake the chandeliers in here and bless them in this. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.